Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Big Black Clock Podcast. It's a special week. We're coming at you, or coming at you, a little bit earlier, considering the Watches and Wonders uh, digital watch fair. And uh, we wanted to be able to cover the releases. So I'll be your host this week. It's Kevin. And I am joined this week by... Dimitri. And Carl. Fresh off the press. So let's say we rushed this, but we got up this morning, looked over all the different releases that came out uh, as they were coming in. And uh, we want to chat about them. So we had a whole other episode in mind, but we thought, hey, uh, let's talk about this these one. new releases. Yeah. <laughs> so... The the first thing I, I noticed that uh, that um, that happened this week was everything was supposed to go live as of Wednesday today when we we're recording. This is going to come out a little bit later in the week, but um, the there were certain coming up to the release to, to to the Watch and Wonders going live on Wednesday. There were a couple watches that kind of got ahead of it, which I thought was uh, I thought was interesting. Um, and the first one that we saw was Breitling. Breitling had a pretty good, like, th- I think it was two days before, right? They're like, hey, check out all of our new chronographs. It was pretty yeah. early. So wh- I, I, that was the first thing. Interesting offering. So f- that was the first thing that jumped out at me. I was like, oh, they came out with something early. And I think I, I'm, I'm thinking it was smart, to be honest, because it still got everyone who was really anticipating Watches and Wonders. They got to see the watches. It's the first thing they're talking about and maybe didn't get lost in the mix of everything else that would get released. So wh- what do you guys think of this? Exactly, right? Like in the sea of other releases, these will stand out because they were released early and then, you know, nothing else was kind of to outshadow, let's say, overshadow uh, uh, the the Bradling releases. So like you can entirely focus. Every single watch blog at that moment was focusing just on the Bradlings and they have a pretty cool offerings with with two different types of chronographs. You want to start going about this one first? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, I, I just for me, it's either it's a really cool uh, like PR move going first, like before the everyone else, or it's knowing that you have a weak offering and you know you're gonna get buried by everyone else. Yeah, I thought he was a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you. Because like, I mean, if you're going on the day of the supposed watch releases, then you probably have more people kind of waiting for those, right? Browsing the internet. Uh, whereas maybe this one you'll get you won't get the same audience, but again, it might be a, a win-win in either case. Yeah, um, but that that green dial from Breitling, I know uh, this year is the year of the green and the ox, uh, but I don't know that green is a bit different for me. I, I like it. Like there's a bunch of green that all look like the green from the Alk from Rolex, uh, yeah. but that green is different. Like it's green, okay, it's like, it's like mint. the other one, but it, yeah, yeah, it's minty, it's, right? Exactly, it's, it's mint. A, yeah, it's like a cream meat mint type of uh, color and i don't know why it really popped out to me like i really like that color scheme so this is an update they came out with six new watches part of their premier heritage collection they have a chronograph the duograph and the detora the detora really makes you jumps out at you as that you know patek philippe it's the same like that pink salmon dial uh with a moon phase and the day date and their chronograph and then they have this beautiful black uh, i think it's a duograph which is their it's a black uh, uh dialed chronograph with a a gold case. Um, these are inspired from their 1950s Super o- Heritage, Super Ocean Heritage, and the 1980s Chronomat, which I'm a fan of. So, uh, yeah, that, that just a little bit of details on those as we as we we discuss them. Yeah, there, there's the um, the like salmon almost white dial, but there's also like a peachy dial for the um, uh, the. Uh, it's not the chronograph. Is the Torah with the uh, is the, the Torah? The Torah. Yes, my bad. My with bad. the moon phase. Yeah. 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 I've never seen like that peach 
ish color. Yeah, I think like for the colors, Breitling had really a nice uh, like offering for those things. I like, agree the watches with you. per se is not like um, out of this world. They're a nice product. It's a nice offering, but those those colors are really really out there. Like like you can tell it's a Breitling color. Like some uh, some brands have really color for to them. I think those colors really represent well the brand as well. It's a um, it's different. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I but I, I kind of say that you know the more I was reading about them, the more they grow on me. Uh, I I really like those, and I think the colors stand out because this is more of a like a vintage inspired look, right? So yep. so maybe it's a perception, but I kind of feel like those colors they match the 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 whole vintage feel, right? Of the watch, even the blue is very different than the standard like the typical blue we are expected we we usually see. Maybe it's a combination with the steel. Uh, steel case that makes it look like this, but it, it also has like that vintage look. And I'm talking about the Duograph Blue uh, Chronograph. Mm-hmm. I, I love those watches. Uh, I think, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at this. It is, I, I think they're 40 millimeters, right? The the chronographs and the the, the Daytona the, yeah. is the 42. Yeah, exactly. Look, look uh, to me. I think the new Breitling Navi timers that came a few, out a few years back. I, I wasn't a fan. I thought they kind of they dumbed them down a little bit or they, they made them a little bit of a sort of dude. But last year they came out with those chrono mats or the year before. It was the last year. The chrono mats that came out, the uh, they were beautiful. Those chrono mats with the integrated bracelet. They had multiple uh, designed 200 meters water resistance um, to those. Uh, be- they had a Rulo bracelet and they had green dials and black dials. They had a beautiful offering there. I really like what Breitling is doing here. And uh, I think they're, um, they're, they're doing well. I think, uh, to be honest, in the last few years, I, I like what they have to offer. Yeah, same. Uh, do you have any preference from the six watches? I actually, because I'm tripping a little bit on gold, so I like the 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 18 karat rose gold with the black dial. I yeah, like that. Uh, that one I is think nice. Really nice. I also yeah. like the same uh, similar one, the 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 datagraph, right, with the gold uh, the gold dial, but it's like a cream color. Sorry, the gold case and the oh, cream color dial. Nice. Yeah. yeah, very very classy. Carl, your favorite of the bunch? I do like that green and that peach uh, with the stainless steel uh, case. Yeah. So I think with, with between all of us, we can take all of them. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful. Let's <laughs> take all of them. Beautiful. And not pay for any of Good them. Good job. Just take it. Yeah, Good. Uh, it's a win Good for me. Job. I, I love those. Good job, Rateling. So one let's more move on to the next one. Another s- one more thing yep. I was going to uh, say is that if you guys look closely at the moon face, you see, if you see the moon itself, it's shaped like a like a frowny frowny face. Which is a yeah, bit of exactly. like a joke, I guess, gimmick. Yeah, wonderfully made. I'm really happy. So, next up on the um, on the releases, they came out just a day earlier. Uh, is Hermes? Um, they just came out with their brand new H08 collection. A couple years ago, in 2017, they had come out with their Carriage, which was based on their designer uh, Marc Berthier. They also had. Um, in the last few years, they had the beautiful slim Dermez, which had this like a little bit of an art deco. And um, they've always been more of a, I'll say, a, a, a designer's brand, a fashion brand. But lately, they've really stepped up their game in the last, let's say, I would say five, six years to to become proper watchmakers. Right. There's some great videos online about the, the making of the Carriage. And now they just came out with looks like a, I feels like a sports line from uh, like w- that we see recently with Cartier. Uh, I- I'm loving these. I'm really all, I'm really into them. So uh, I know that, w- that Carl's not, so we'll get to the second, but I'm really into them. So uh, what do you guys think? Carl, why don't you go first? Okay. So the graphite version with the, um, I think it's graphite with the orange yeah. uh, straps with it. The 
I don't know the uh, font for graphene. the numbers. Graphene. Graphene. It's graphene with ceramic. Graphene. Yeah. Uh, the font for those numbers, I just feel it like kind of cheap. I don't know why. I know it's a okay. design choice, uh, but the mm-hmm. really thing that's really really bothering me it's that they all the, all the numbers are pointing towards the center, right? So it's it's a perfect circle. You're always looking from behind, but because of that, the six and the nine for me are like identical, and the eight is like a zero. <laughs> But, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I see what you mean. Right. So, like at at ten, like in at, at the ten is a O. It's a zero. But like the eight is like a zero with a bar in it. But it's like not two circles on top of each other, right? And after that, if you look at the yeah. date, that's between four and five. Is that twenty eight or is that twenty? I read it twenty. Right. Well, but yeah, I'm pretty I sure it's twenty eight. Yeah. yeah, it's probably twenty eight because yeah. of the same design of the the same font. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just I just, I just can't. For for me, that's like. I know Hermès is a no design knows. brand, pretty much, and they they're yeah. there to push button and try things. I understand that. For me, that font is a big miss, and that's pretty much the only thing that the watch is offering when you look at it first. Right, right. So, but that's my to my you, yeah. two cents. What well, about yeah. you, Dimitri? Uh, I uh, I love it. I actually love it. I uh, I was um, first of all, I, I'm not super familiar with Hermès in the, as a brand in general outside of you know like the fashion style that what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with their watchmaking, but I was as soon as I started reading about them, I see that uh, uh, you know they, they they kind of they stand away from uh, be, just being a fashion brand because they they have an in-house mechanism which is uh, by a brand that they've purchased in 2006, right? Uh, they purchased a stake in a brand called Voche, so Voche, yeah, which is basically. Uh, uh, it's a sister company of Parmigiani, and they produce uh, movements for them now. As well as they have super high quality finish. If you look at the case back of the watch, right, the, the movement is super nicely finished. It's easy to it's see where the money movement. you pay for it went into. Uh, graphene, yeah. in, in in terms of the material, I, I I'm not f- super knowledgeable in it. And when I say that, I mean I'm not knowledgeable at all. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. how, let's say, how scratch resistant is it? Like what kind of a, you know, what kind of a uh, material is it in terms of reliability and um, how does it age? I have no idea. It looks excellent. I like the design. That's like a, a rounded square. Uh, perhaps you know, Carl made a good point. I'm not like I, I didn't stand out to me that the, the font. It, I'm not. It doesn't let's say strike me as something that I don't like. It's not too bad. I find it's it kind of it fits with the, the overall design. And uh, you know, I, uh, price wise, right? You get a pretty decent watch. I find for an an okay price. It's not crazy. I think the graphene one is the most expensive, and it's it's nine thousand dollars US USD. Yeah, right. So, and it's the most expensive one of all. And I'll jump in there. I think that's that's a good segue. You know, for the price, what you're getting. Hermes only made dress watches, and this is their like a first step to say, let's make some things more everyday, less sporty. Their movements are in house. Their design, the finish is incredible. That's one thing you can't take away from them. Maybe they have some miscues. But I think as a first stab, I think it's great. I think it's great because if someone wants the brand recognition that it carries, because Hermes is top. Like when you talk about like brands and leather right. goods and whatnot, Hermes is a really high, uh, fu- uh, like a, a wonderful house. Um, and they're doing some really nice things. The movement is is wonderful, and I uh, I like what they're trying. I really do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I guess they're maybe following like Cartier steps, right? To trying to to go into high horology. Uh, yeah. But uh, they're yeah. definitely not comparable to any of the fashion brands. They're like the, the the Gucci's and the Boss and stuff. No, they're not the same, and they're not so in the same it's, exactly. Uh, not in the same uh, category realm. at all. They're proper watchmakers, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, Kate, I'm, 
I, I'm looking still at the uh, press release pictures, and I have something else I need to address that I don't like about that watch. <laughs> okay, what's that? Uh, uh, there's no pictures of it from the side, so I don't know what's this the shape of the the watch per se. But when you look on top of it, there's like two finishes. There's a brush section, and there's like a polish section right next to the um, crystal. Is that different level, or is that the same thing, same level? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? No, I think it, I think it comes out a little bit the case. It's a cushion okay. case, and I think they're, they're, it's a raised crystal a little bit. Okay, because if it's flat, I don't. I wouldn't lo love to have two different finishes at the same level, pretty much, right? Right, right, right. But, I uh, know what you mean. That's maybe there's the pictures I, I have from the press release are not that good. Anyhow, Kevin, next watch. The next watch that we had was also came out a few days before. Uh, was the new Nomos? Nomos came out with a new 41 millimeter Neomatic. Um, a lot going on there. Want? Um, I'm a big fan of Nomos in general. I think that uh, they they have some really uh, nice offerings. Uh, I've been a little disappointed in them lately. I have to admit. I think in what that, way? Uh, I find that they their whole basis was they were coming out with some really refined uh, and proper Bauhaus in house movements, uh, well made, well priced. Uh, but I think they've been going away from that a little bit in the recent years. I mentioned this in an older podcast about how their their watches are getting larger. I think that their uh, their diver they have a thousand meter a three hundred uh, meter or a thousand foot uh, diver the Neomatic has a large numerals. We saw it when we went to the to the AD. Wears very nice with that steel bracelet I was trying to get for my Tangente. Um, but I feel like they're going to these larger automatic watches instead of staying with their thin Bauhaus, which is fine. There's a market for all that. But I didn't think that was like great, great, great. But this one, the new Metro uh, Neomatic 41, I love this watch. I think it does Bauhaus really well. It feels like they went back a little bit to what it was uh, uh, the way that they, they, they've initially launched it. And the, it's an in-house 6101 ultra slim movement, special date mechanism. So you're able to set both forward and backwards the date. Pretty cool. So th th that's my initial thought right there, but I wanted to uh, throw it out to you guys. What do you think? Why don't you go first, Dimitri, this time? Um, so I, the question I was going to ask you, and I waited for you to, I didn't want to interrupt, is, is to me, the dial seems a little busy. And I'm comparing it to the previous right. uh, edition of uh, Metro, right, Neomatic. I'm not sure it's easy to read for me. So it is Bauhaus in the sense that they're trying to kind of maximum utility with minimal design, right? Uh, I guess if I'm capturing the the essence of what Bauhaus is, uh, I, I'm not too sold. I think it's something that needs to grow on me, like uh, right, like a mold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not uh, uh, not too sold on this watch right now. I find that that outside um, the outside uh, bezel is kind of not the bezel, but you know what I mean, like the the numbering the on the on the outside of the, is that the date. That's a date. So the date moves, as you can see it. You can see the date move as yeah, a disc on the outside, and you can move it back and forth. And uh, yeah, that's why that. you have your small seconds there. And this is an iteration of the, the Metro. And what's great about this watch, though, is that you got to think, it is fully in-house, this movement. It is wonderful that way. And when you look at the price, if I'm not mistaken, I think this price right now is 4600 for a... Incredibly yeah. uh, well designed watch. It's just the a thirty-five millimeter watch. Almost right? kills you. Yeah. Huh? It's a yeah. oh, it's a, it's a movement. It's a thirty-five millimeter movement. The movement. Uh, it's forty-one millimeters 41, in diameter. Yeah. It's funny that the name of this watch is the update. It's called the Neomatic uh, uh, Metro Update. 
Yeah, pneumatic update. But it's the Metro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's a 6101. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for for uh, for Nomos in general, but it's just that this one I'm not uh, not too sold. It's just that, that the date the date uh, indication is a bit uh, makes it look busy to me for some reason because you basically see every single yeah. date of the month or, uh, yeah. at the same time, right? It, but it's a nice yeah. it's an, it's an original design. So yeah, that's kind of my my stance. Carl, what do you think? Um, I always have the big crush on Nomos. I still need one at some point. I love the club campus. Um, overall, I think Nomos, any watches that they offer, it's a lot of watches for that price. I've never looked over yep. Nomos and go, oh, that's too expensive for what it is. They, I do, they offer a lot of style. They're classic Nomos. You know what it, what you're buying. Uh, the movements are always insane. Those watches are really thin as well. And yeah, I think if you like Nomos, you'll like this one. There's no reason not to like it um, Carl, if you're a Nomos fan. You hit the nail right on the head. Nomos is not a brand where people go, mm, should I get this versus that? Nomos is more of a question, do I like that watch? Because bang yeah. for buck, they're like at the top. Like really, the, what they offer, it's it's top. It's tough yeah, to so do. To, that, to uh, quick that. take on my side, but that's it. <clears throat> Beautiful. Okay, so those were the, the real three watches that we saw that came out a few days before. So now we woke up this morning, lots of releases. Let's get into the grunt of it. Uh, let's talk about the first section, which I think uh, is interesting. Before we jump into Rolex there, we had some news from the Holy Trinity, we'll call them, the Audemars, Vacheron, AP. A couple of weeks ago, AP came out and discontinued the Royal Oak. And they came out with a new line. They didn't wait for this show, and they're not part of this show, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even think they're they're in this show in Watches and Wonders as a as a it's only a Langenzan and Arnold and Son. So AP came out, released a bunch of new Royal Oaks. Green dials. And then a couple of weeks ago, or I don't know, it feels like weeks, Patek Philippe discontinued the 5711. And boom, they release a new 5711 of Watches of Wonders. And Vacheron Constante comes out with a new overseas uh, collection. So let's start first and foremost, Patek Philippe. They discontinue 5711 and they come out with a new one. We're talking about a new Patek Philippe 5711 in olive green. <laughs> Which, hello, uh, like green, are we, uh, like, it just seems like it's everywhere, guys. What do you guys yep. think? Um I'll go first. Uh, I'll be quick on this one. I've never been a big fan of those, uh, let's say, industrial uh, integrated bracelet style from Patek Philippe, yeah. from AP, or even the overseas from Constantin. They never really spoke mm -hmm. to me. I know there's a huge crowd for those uh, watches. Uh, so for me, it didn't hit home at all because for me, it went away. I didn't care much. It came back. I don't care much either the big thing that came out for me from that press release is the um version with the diamond set right uh, yeah that beautiful diamond set around yeah yeah i don't know why i look at all the pictures and I, it always almost felt aftermarket it almost didn't feel like it's patek philippe who designed it with it like it was iced by somebody yes right by a rapper and i know it's yeah. i know it's pre I'm, i know i'm sure i'm sure it's uh like high quality diamonds and it's done as the highest standard possible but every picture that i look and they're from patek philippe it looks aftermarket it looked an afterthought it doesn't look like they did the watch with that in mind just afterwards oh crap we we might have a market for that like let's let, let's make some margin on someone by selling diamonds that's that, that's the way i feel with that watch with the diamond set in it yeah I, I kind of agree with you because I'm also I'm not a big fan of jewels not jewels but uh, I'm not a big fan of icing your uh, watches right I like the watches yeah. for what they are so I like watches for the mechanisms for the engineering for the original you know creative designs and I find that adding let's say precious metals 
or diamonds on the, on the watch is uh, artificially inflating the price to me. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, creating margin pretty much. It's uh but yeah. Yeah, it's that and like when you look at the other offering that they, they uh, announce uh, there's a and like snow set from the like 71118 uh, I think. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. It's iced out like top to bottom every inches of that watch is like diamond. It's 2553 diamonds. <laughs> right. It's it looks to me a bit ridiculous. I I I look at this thing it's as if like somebody like was wearing this wristwatch when they were like I don't know, rolling dough or something, and they dipped it into a, like a, a car, uh, like a, a box of flour or something, and it just it just all right. came out covered. And uh, they they they, sup- they put some super glue on the watch and roll it into diamonds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, like, how are they attached? Because it seems that all sides of the bracelets are covered in diamonds. So, like, you can't like, what if you like brush it against the wall or something? What happens? Do you do they pop off? Oh, no, di- diamond is very strong. We'd have to see what 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 can happen with it. But you the know? glue they they glue it on is not strong. <laughs> it's it's so, not glue. It's it's friction most of the time, right? You create channels, and they're a bit smaller yeah. than the diamonds, and you hit the diamonds in it, and like a track, friction. like a track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a set. It's a setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, yeah, that was me sh- shitting on them a bit. <laughs> One thing I like, um, I like the texture of the dial. I like the green that they used. I mean, green is having a moment. If you look in the past few months, Nomos had a new green. Glass Shoot Original had a, a green version. Panerai had their new Luminor that was green. Mont Blanc had this this yeah. new um, uh, Geo uh, watch. Zenith Defy in jungle green. Hell, and you know, I think it started it even was Rolex last year when they released the Oyster Perpetual, right? The new line with all those greens. They had that Rolex green. And like the Hulk left. And and now look at the trail it's left behind. So and good on uh, good on the market for green. Yeah, what are you I, saying, Dimitri? I love this. I love this green. Uh, I first I looked at it yeah. like oh, because I really like the the Nautilus in the first place. I like the fifty seven eleven. I was just talking about it at the, in the previous podcast. I like the blue right. on that nine fifty seven eleven. But when I look at this one, I was like, oof, this is this is grow. This grows on me, but very quickly. Like at this point, I'm oh, sold. Yeah. This is uh, it, this is like the. The, the the extra virgin Spanish olive oil green, right? Yeah, uh, very. Uh, it, it's it's nice. It's it's the greens of green of all greens. Like for sure, it's a popular color choice nowadays, and a lot of brands release greens that are kind of hit and miss. I would say you know like even the sumo that I had had a green, but it doesn't compare to the green on this Nautilus. No, this this seems a little bit more depth. subdued, and I like it more than the. The Audemars Piguet's green that I saw. The Audemars Piguet's green was very bright and, and flashy. This seems a little bit more subdued. It seems a little bit more drab, which I like. Um, I'm, I love the new Nautilus time chronograph, the 5990-1R, the rose gold with the blue sunburst dial. That is a beautiful, beautiful watch. That could be a, uh, if I'm going to get a, a rose gold, or like, because gold might be really pop. Rose gold has a little bit more of that like bronze kind of feel touch to it. This might be uh, that perfect one, but uh, yeah, <sighs> never, never gonna see them in person. These well, just just sell <laughs> oh, your sell your kidneys. That's fine. I mean, you don't need kidneys, right? Even if I did, I won't even be able to get it. Well, nobody's gonna buy them because do you even know where to sell them? Like, you can't just sell them in Kijiji. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kijiji is like a Craigslist. For everyone. Like, hey, what do you sell? What are you doing? We should take you to the hospital. Uh, okay. So moving on. Moving on, we got the new Vacheron Constantin overseas line that came out, uh, which was expected. Uh, what do you guys think about this new line that just came out? Let's start with you, Carl. So, like I was saying when we were talking about the Patek Philippe 
those overseas don't talk to me at all. So I'm only going to say bad things once, once again. <laughs> and okay. the only really bad thing I need to say is the skeleton version. Even on the uh, press release pictures that are on my 30-inch screen, that are like the size of my head, I have a difficult time reading the information on the dial. Right. Um, uh, like the date, the month, the day, I, I cannot really discern the ends on it at all. Right, I have the hours and uh, minute ends. It's okay, but like the subdials, that I can't read them at all. Uh, so, right. like you would pay a lot of money. I'm sure. I don't even look at the pricing on that watch. I'm sure that you can buy a house or a small car for that uh, watch. Well, there's and, a tourbillon uh, in one of them. So yeah. So, but the tourbillon is you can read it, right? It's not the uh, skeleton who's perpetual candor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the price is uh, going to be uh, quite yeah. high. Quite so. High. So so yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that at least the skeleton skeletonized perpetual candor version is really just to you can say you have it uh, because I don't see anyone using it at all. Yeah. What about you, Dimitri? Um, I'll be honest. I, I I love integrated bracelets in general, and uh, you know, like I like the Patex, I like the AP bracelets, I like the the H Moser uh, uh, chronograph, but the Vacheron one I don't like at all. Uh, and I don't like the overseas in general, so I, I my my comments are gonna my comments are gonna be pretty short. Uh, I've never I've, I wasn't sold on them before, and I continue not to be sold on them now, right? It's nothing to do against right. them because in general I love the brand. There's a lot of watches that I love from it, and you know there's another release right. uh, that, that that I really want to kind of touch on that um, came out uh, today, but not uh, the overseas. Uh, just they never really stood out to me. To me, uh, I didn't think it was a big change from the last release. That's the first thing. The only one that I seem to like from this one, I think, is the Overseas Perpetual Calendar Ultra Thin uh, in white gold. I like that one. I think it's a good job. You're coming in at a mere 8.1 millimeters thick. That's thin. Um, I hate, hate, hate that it doesn't have more than 50 meters of water resistance as you're trying to, to sell this or position this watch as a sports watch. And then the last thing, uh, the Vachon Constantin, yeah? It, at 50 m- uh, meters water resistance, it's, not, uh, it's over the sea, not overboard, right? So that's why you don't really give yeah. a shit. Yeah. It's on a yacht overseas, <laughs> <laughs> on your own ship. <laughs> but when a Cartier Santos Dumont gives you 100 meters of water resistance, uh, this watch, I just don't see how it can't. It's not that crazy. And I, I understand the thickness, but it's just something that it's disappointing to see in that kind of watch. And I feel that... Uh, I don't like the bracelet with those uh, those those lo- that locking system yeah. that it has. I don't um, like it either. It, it and it, it it of the three between the AP, the Patek, and the VC. The VC is like everyone. I think not to say they force themselves to like it, but I feel that people are there. They go, I really like it. And my answer to them is probably was like, yeah, but it's because you probably can't get a, a Royal Oak or a Nautilus. That's what I kind of I feel. And and and. And or you can't get an Odysseus now from Langa, so um, that's my um, my my take on that one. So let's let's move on from from them. Vacheron wasn't done yet. They did come out with a a new line. I think it's. I'll start with Dimitri on this one. We saw the new line come out of the the Historique Americaine uh, this morning. As soon as I saw it, I thought that you were going to immediately orgasm. I really like what I saw. What do you think, Dimitri? Wait, wait. Are you talking about neo-orgasming? Is that what you like to to see? Or it's always good. It's always good. Uh, so yes, Vacheron uh, released three more versions of their historic American. They've released one version uh, that's thirty-six point five millimeters, so it's uh, in white gold. Love they it. released two 
40 millimeter versions, one of them in platinum and the other one in white gold. Uh, the platinum one has, um, the, the markers on the dial are the same color as the dial. They're like matte gray. And that one in particular stands out to me because if you look at the different pictures of uh, different release pictures where somebody's wearing the watch on the wrist, it lacks, it looks amazing. I like that the whole idea of the matte uh, version of the dial. Uh, apart from right. that, the watch itself is is pretty much exactly the same spec wise as the the existing historic American. My personal preference yeah. is that I like the two tone ones, right? I like the one with in the pink gold with the white dial or cream dials that gives gives like a more vintage look. I find. But in general, I'm a huge yep. fan of those watches, so I'm, I'm not. I can't say anything against Love it. Them. In terms of the 36.5 millimeter one, I think it's a it's an interesting alternative. But I kind of have to see it more right on someone's wrist to be able to have a better opinion about it. It's 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 a lot. Knowing smaller. that it's square, but knowing that it's square, it'll 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 sit fine. Look, my my Hoyer monocle to give you an idea is 39. So and it feels like a chunker on my wrist, right? So imagine this at 36 going to be i think beautifully beautiful elegance is going to be amazing yeah well it's a chunker because yours um yours also is very thick as the as a watch right because i think that the um the historic american is a mind and yeah. it's, it's quite thin as the watch and it has a cushion dial so i, I don't feel like it right. feels like a chunker but i've never seen it live right this is, it's one of those watches that i can never get it's wonderful so yeah uh wonderful Kevin, what, do you, what do you think what do you think uh carl let's go with you carl um I always like the design. It's really um, like 1920s-esque. It's uh, right, like 1921. 20s. Yep. Um, the only thing is, uh, for people who don't know, I will wear my watches on my right hand, so I could never wear any of those watches. They would be kind of inverted, right? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, they will be looking away from me, not at me because of that. So right. it's good to give to time, to give time people to Yeah, time. exactly. Like it's better for other people. So I wouldn't buy a Vacheron Constantin for other people to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> they did have a lefty version, I think, back in the day yes, when the original uh, ones were released. Yes, yes. With uh, a crown on like, the opposite side. Probably, Yeah, probably good luck to find one. But uh, I was looking at the platinum one. Uh, that's like the um, the numbers are the same color as the dial, let's say, ish. There's like just the uh, shadow around them that makes uh, them uh, pop a bit. And I really liked it with the uh, blue hands for the uh, uh, sub-seconds yep. um, dial. Right. Uh, it really, really, uh, it's a nice um, color scheme. It's a different version of it. And uh, it really stands out, at least for me. I, I agree with you. I think this is my favorite of the three releases because it's that unique. Yes, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, the one I love these watches. I think they look great. I just don't like. Um, well, uh, be careful what you say next, eh? Because uh, I might no. uh, stop being friends with you. <laughs> no, I just I was always a little bit. Um, I don't know if I liked the the seconds hands where they were. Not the second, the second dot, the register of the seconds. Okay, uh, where it was positioned, uh, but that's only me. But it had to do with the fact of how it was uh, it was uh, the movement of the pocket, well, the pocket watch movement that was used for this watch. It was actually to be to to be a little bit affordable, uh, more affordable. But I um I love this watch. I would have loved to see a, a, a probably a variation with gold with case, um, like a ver- with the same case. color markers. Uh, no yellow gold case, just a yellow gold case. I I, I think that that's that, that's what I would like to see in this hundred year anniversary. Uh, just a little piece of that. But I uh, that thirty six point five millimeters, whew, I would totally uh, uh, jump on that. So yeah, definitely a good job by them. Yeah. Um, are you guys ready to move on? Yep. Yes. 
let's jump into it. Let's get into that main course. We're 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 we're, we're diving in right away. Let's talk about Rolex. Whatever we want to talk about. So. Rolex, exactly. We're all really preparing for this. Rolex, we saw last year, they came out with the new sub. Um, I remember I was watching basketball with Crawl and they announced it. I was really like, what the fuck? I was really disappointed <laughs> at first. Then I realized why they did it, uh, the lugs, the way they pointed down. I wish they had done a little bit maybe more with the design. Um, so I kind of didn't think that... Because of the Sea Dweller, the Submariner, and the GMT Master II being redesigned in 2017, no expectations really for this trade show for anything huge. Everyone had their eyes on the Explorer II specifically, you know, and in 2023, we're going to see uh, the Sub and the Daytona have their anniversary years, right? And uh, we're at the 50th anniversary for the Explorer II. What were we going to see? I was thinking of the GMT Master Twos that came out in 2017, new, maybe because of the anniversary, maybe that GMT hand, a lot of speculation. Maybe a new bezel, maybe a new GMT hand color, maybe something. <laughs> Zero on the Explorer 2. The Explorer 2 came out. They changed nothing. They changed the size, brought it down to what it was more originally from. They updated the movement, which we all predicted because of the new movements that they've been coming out. Any chance they get, they would add it to their watch. But they brought it down in size. The Explorer was 42 millimeters. Now it's down to 36. Um, I want to know what you guys think about this one. I like it. I've liked the, po the the Polar Explorer. I was curious about what they would change it to, but I was never like, oh, they should change it. I love the fact that it's a GMT all-around diver. I love the white. Um, but I wish that uh, they took more of a risk and they really didn't. And uh but I, I like the watch going down to 36 and a half millimeters. Let's start with you this time, Carl, since we started with Dimitri last time. The Explorer that went from 39 to 36, I think it's a good thing. 30, no, 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 42. 42 to 36. 42. Okay, I yeah, was mixing up my notes from Explorer 2 and Explorer. Yeah, <laughs> the Explorer and Explorer 2. That were, uh, sorry, I started with the uh, Explorer 2 because that was the big one that were like yes, 50th yes, anniversary. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Okay. So downsizing, ahead, I think it's a good thing in the in the current market we have right now. Uh, everyone was, everyone, Rolex included, but other brands are all going really, really large. Uh, it's okay. I understand that people are getting bigger, I guess, but uh, some watches are getting really too big for what they're supposed to be. Uh, and right. at least for me, at like 39, like, 36 to 40 is the like sweet spot depending on the style of the watch. So I, I really do appreciate that move that direction. Uh, but my question is uh, why not what why not more right of anything? So like they added a crown, not even right. Uh, that that's it right. Uh, I know that like, people are gonna say oh yeah, but you know you cannot change perfection and stuff like that. Like come on, like everyone's going forward in life. Everyone's everything's going different and like Rolex is doing a minimal thing it's their 50th anniversary it was a time to do a big maybe just even a limited edition right you keep the black you keep the white you keep the orange um, gmt and maybe do a blue version or a different bezel or a different i don't know color scheme on it right uh, i just feel it's a missed opportunity on their part and people are still gonna buy it so people even if they start screaming rolex not gonna do anything about that so i don't know it's a mixed bag for me dimitri same for me. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Explorer 2 in general. Uh, and that's mostly not because of the watch itself, because, you know, to, like you change the color of that bezel. Watch. This watch looks like a Sab or a GMT, right? Master? Well, closer to a GMT Master too. 
maybe that's one of the reasons why they they're not changing colors of the dial because it's going to look almost too similar to a GMT Master. Uh, but I, I'm just not right. like I, I don't like in general. I don't like when the bezel is the same color as the dial as the case. Not the dial, sorry, the case, right? So right. you have the this the, the silver oyster steel case and the silver mm-hmm. uh, steel dial as well. So like there are a few Speedmasters that uh, have that same similar design, right? I'm not not a fan. I like contrasting the bezels. Right. But apart from that, uh, uh, it's not much. It doesn't seem like there's a a lot to talk about. It's it's a similar looking watch. There's not much to change. So that's pretty much it. And I think that's exactly what people are going to talk about is that there's a lack of things to talk about because everyone's expecting something so transcending and and change. In the 1980s, you had that Rolex Explorer, the 16440, which was like king. And if they made this watch, brought it down to 36 millimeters. And I thought they would bring it down because it was 42 millimeters. The sub went up to 41. Their GMT Master 2, I think, will go up to 41 to meet the, the that case of the Submariner to get those angled lugs. I Makes thought the sense. 42 millimeter would come, it would come down. I thought it would come down, but not to 36 necessarily. I'm happy they did. But if they came out with that black dial version of this, that the, the original 1971 Steve McQueen Explorer 2, that kind of look like that as well. That would have been a killer. But um, I think they just did it. They didn't change much. They didn't change much on that one. Uh, and in parallel, we saw they came out with the new Rolex Explorer One. They came out with a dressier version of this. We're looking at a two tone. I think it's thirty six millimeter, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. A uh, two tone, yep. thirty six millimeter. Yeah. So uh, uh, maybe I'll start on this one. I'll give you guys my opinion. I think. And I'm going to say this to me proves once again that that the Cellini is dying, and I'll explain why. Because the Cellini, well, the Cellini, the roll, the uh, Rolex Cellini is like the what? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, the Cellini never seems to pique any of the interests of anyone who wants watches. They're they they came out. They're like we're going to make them so that. This is the dress watch for Rolex. But what this Explorer shows me, being a two-tone with gold, looking at what they do with the... the, the you can get a Rolex Daytona two-tone. Looking at the Rolex Submariner's two-tone, it feels like people want the precious metal version of the sports watch as their dress watch versus getting the Rolex dress watch. And I think that this is another example of that, where people will say, I'd rather get, as my dress watch, a two-tone Rolex Explorer 1 at 36 millimeters rather than paying for a Rolex Cellini. That's what I'm seeing that they're doing. And and it's it's too bad. I think that the Cellini, if they could come out with a, some different models, but people rather get precious metals, sports watches, than dress watches, I find. I um, um, just a comment on, on the Cellini, right? I know how Rolex is all about that oyster case and the fluted bezel, right? Historically, this is the thing about Rolex that's kind of a very common piece of their designs. I I, yeah. I, I feel like Cellini would have been better if it just stopped making those uh, fluted bezels. If it was more of a dressy, right. more a classy looking uh, dress watch, like like the Vacheron is doing with the Traditionnel or like the GLC is doing with the Master Controls or, you know, the Pateks with Calatrava, right? Just if, you, if they made the plain classic dress watch that I, I think they're right. mix missing in their lineup, that would be excellent, I think. Yeah, maybe. I, I just don't know if there's a, a market for it. And I don't think that they're looking at it. If they, the Cellini, if they could look at the... <laughs> 
I got to mention every podcast, the Rolex 5100, the old Gerald Genta, the continuation of his design. Oh. The Ro- <laughs> the Ro- Gerald Genta had that 5100 that was created. If they went back into their archives and picked up that design and made a Cellini dress watch out of that 5100, if you look it up, Rolex 5100 from Gerald Genta, that could be a killer as well. But I, I just look at this, seeing the new precious metal sports watches. I feel that's what people want. Or that's what they're pushing instead of their dress watches because that's what people buy. People rather get a two-tone, uh, a two-tone um, uh, uh, Rolex Daytona or sub, uh, and now a Rolex Explorer yeah. over any of their dress watches. I wish they made like a vintage Air King, like the one that I was talking to in, oh, the, yeah. in the episode with Ryan Gosling wearing that watch. That is, yeah, those old it, vintage it, dress it, kings. It, yeah, it's coming. They're gonna discontinue the current Air King for sure. But we'll see because. Your current Air King is like a Rolex Explorer. I think that old sports watches, like vintage sports watches, I have an old Omega Seamaster that's not anywhere near what a sports watch looks now. <laughs> it looks like a dress watch. It looks like a uh, like a, a Seamaster, dress, you but meant, it's because, uh, right? Not the Speedmaster. Yeah, I was yeah like, Omega, what? what did I say? <laughs> you had a Speedmaster? <laughs> no, <laughs> but my, my, old, my old 19... My old 77 Omega Seamaster, it's a sports watch, but it looks like a dress watch, right. Jordan, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, but as, uh, yeah, what were you thinking, Carl? What did you think of this release? Two-tone. Yeah, it's the first ever two-tone Explorer 1. They never done it before, right? at least for my research. And uh, this continued the 39 millimeters and now offering two ver- variants on the 36. I think that's good once right. again. I think that's a move in the right direction for the market as a whole, just to go a bit smaller in size beside that right. if i had to choose between an explorer explorer 2 i would take explorer 2 over the one every day i just yeah but you like sports watches plus yes <laughs> plus you have an air king <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just an explorer Rolex, with more uh, numbers <laughs> but uh overall a, i think it's, it's an, an air king in direction um to me i i don't like the the rolex explorer one at 39 millimeters i liked it at 36 millimeters and as soon as they discontinued it people went nuts over it I like the size. They, I love that they went back to the 36, especially yep. for this two-tone. Dresses it down. This could be a great everyday yep. sporty dress watch. But I mean, yep. you could wear this with a suit and you look great. Very, well, for sure, it's no, super versatile. It kind of almost looks like the oh. um, um, the Oyster Steel uh, it's a sporty date just, right? Without the fluted it's bezel. Sport, it's, yeah. It's a sporty date just, exactly. I, uh, I really like it uh, as well. Uh, yep. I would love to see the 36. I've never seen it. But uh, 36 is the size of uh, another Rolex that uh, has a new release, right, that uh, we were about to talk about. And uh, and I think that that's a perfect segue. It is. <laughs> perfect segue. Yeah. So they just snuck in there a little bit, sneaky, sneaky. They came in with a bunch of, they came in with a bunch of new dial options. And uh, Oh, my. I they have... <laughs> They have a lot of, of dial options. Uh, first thing I'll say, I like that they went this route. The Datejust is a very iconic watch, kind of great the way it is. How do you change it without changing it too much? Add textured dials. A lot of people love textured dials, and they have some really nice ones. They have some like this cut out of a tree. They have other ones that have, um, uh, I saw a cut out of, like a leaf, sorry. And, and you have there's like one, the fluted the bezel, basically. Has this, like, the flu- like a, the fluted there's a bezel. dial that kind of makes it look like it's the fluted bezel style dial, right? In blue and right. uh, gold. Right, right, right. It's wonderful. And uh, uh, you're looking at these, you can get them at 36 millimeters, you get them at 41 millimeters, fluted without fluted. Um, get the combination you want. It's just a great, perfect watch to me. I I like that they did this. I think it's uh, fun. 
I think that they like seeing that they increase a watch by a millimeter, not change the Rolex Explorer to two tone something. They could have done something less with the date just, but they did something. I think it was more bold because there's a lot of people who go, "Ugh, I don't like this," but you could still get the other ones, right? You don't have to get the the fun dials, which I think is just fun for Rolex to 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 evolve a little bit. That's that's my two cents. What do you think, Carl? I think it's great that they tried something new. Like I was saying earlier, Rolex need to do that as well as offering the old version. I think it's a good a good way to test the market, test their customer base as well. And sizing perfect once again. Uh, the palm dial, so the leaves on the dial is, uh, I don't know why it's really Grand Seiko-esque to me. Uh, like oh, the, yes. Okay. Like, in, let's say a nature team, right? Uh, not It's not done as yeah. Grand Seiko does it. Grand Seiko is really unique, right? The, I know what you the, mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well when I was looking at the palm dial in green I don't know why for me it felt like um, I'm living in Miami and I'm retired type of watch yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or in the um, jungle selling cocaine well I mean oh, it's, it's well, either that or that right it's yeah, it's yeah. You, if, if you do that you take the gold uh, two-tone version then um, like <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's so you're uh, living in the jungle and selling cocaine who are you selling it to <laughs> <laughs> monkeys the koalas <laughs> the local delivery the lo- system the local, yeah. the local animals uh, but yeah I, I, you know what I'm happy they did it um, it's not for me but I'm really happy they did it it's, I think it's a walk yeah. into the right direction, a step into the walk dire- right direction. Very good. Yeah. What about you, Dimitri? I, uh, you know what? I just thought about, like, I, I kind of draw a comparison because for me, the day just is kind of like, like a, like a, the most, uh, the most popular uh, basic model of a luxury car, like a BMW 3 Series, right? Or an Audi A4, right? Or a Mercedes C Class, kind of. This is the the watch that sells, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Like Carl said, that you know, give people a lot of options so that they can buy the one that they like. Something for everyone. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I agree. Like the palm tree, I'm not sold about on it. There is another one that's um, um, very very artistic, let's say. But the one that I really like is the the one that kind of makes it look like a fluted bezel. So it has like almost like bricks on it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, two. Yeah. There's the yeah. blue and the gold. And the gold one on the two-tone gold watch with a Jubilee bracelet is a killer for me. I would really want to, like, I would buy it. Yeah. So that's my stance. No, I think it's fun. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, those sunray blocks, uh, I think that's just, it, it, it's, it's fun. And I think uh, it, it just goes to show that their best or most popular line, that's still available too, right? They just are available. It, you can get a really, really great watch and maybe a, a perfect watch in a lot of ways that it can just do everything for you. Like everything, you can put on steel, leather, wear it to to work, put on a suit, wear it down, wear it up, do whatever you want with it. It's just a a pretty iconic watch. And you know, Carl, you know, one day you said that when you were talking about certain watches, you said to to me, you said, "Oh, because this this is what I think a watch should look like." It, when I think of that, that's what I kind of yeah. think of a, of a, of a date just to me. That's like that's what a watch should probably mm-hmm. look like. Yeah, it's it's you the uh, it's a baseline. Yeah, kind of. That's yeah, just not saying it's bad. Look. Just saying it's like like there's a starting point. So closing it off on Rolex, we have just two little last things. I don't know, not worth really mentioning. We saw some bracelet changes. So the Gypsy Master Two that was on that Jubilee for the Batman came back with a a a, a, a um, sorry a oyster bracelet, and the Sky Dweller gave us a Jubilee. <laughs> so those are a couple of changes that we saw there. I just want to know what you guys think about that. As a small little news, you think it's lazy or it's good work? I I think it's um, not a good 
thing that people need to be uh, like happy about it and talk about it. It's just showing that Rolex doesn't give a shit about these customers. It doesn't give them choices before. It's like, look, now you can choose. Like it wasn't supposed to be available before. Like, come on, guys. Right? Like yeah. it should have always been an option. It should have never been, you have to choose between one and the other. It's like a bracelet. It's like wheels on a car. There's multiple different But that Jubilee, <laughs> that Jubilee that they had put on to that GMT Master 2, if you read in depth about it, the engineering behind it is better than the older Jubilees, actually. I'm not the saying Jubilee otherwise. That I'm not saying that the older no, Jubilee no. should always have been available on the watch. That it was available. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it, I, I just find it sad that we need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with Carl on this one. Uh, not, uh, I'm not happy that they kind of stopped production of one and then they released it again. They're not really inventing anything. They're not making anything. They're just messing up with their production levels at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the last thing to be, I, I also was kind of like, great, a bracelet for a watch I can't buy. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I was like, <laughs> you laugh, but I, I actually cool. just saw uh, today, I was looking on Instagram, right? Looking at all the, the recent updates and I see, hey, uh, you can now buy Batman and the Pepsi with the original Oyster Steel um, uh, bracelet, <laughs> right? And it's it, the price, is it's even priced right in my face because it's the Rolex official Instagram page and it says like $9,500 US. And I'm like, who are you kidding? Who are like, oh, stop lying to me. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's, uh, I think that's good for Rolex. I think, uh, I think I was uh, happy with some of the things. I was very caught off guard by the Rolex Explorer 1 in the two tone. Uh, so, um, uh, all in all, uh, I'm not that, uh, they were definitely not my favorite, uh, for the, for the year. Yep. For the release of the of Watch of Wonders. But, yep. Let's Good on them. I think we were. It was. It was hyped, hyped, hyped. What do you, uh, you guys? Uh, any last words about Rolex before we move on? Nope. Um, th- we didn't touch on the Lady Date Just t- and Day Date Thirty Six, right? Ooh, I'll be honest. I I saw it real quickly. So they I, didn't I only quite I only jump had out on me. <laughs> I only had one note when I was uh, lo- looking into the press release, and it was, yeah. "Is Rolex making candy now?" <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the picture you just posted. The thing is that my my mom has a, a ladies' date just, and I remember it's not that it's sad, but like when you go to the Rolex counters, I find it sad. They're all empty, right? There's like nothing. But you get a lot of uh, the ladies' date just. You get a bunch of the the sizes, the twenty eights and the thirty three millimeter date justs. You see all the variations. Yeah, they're a little bit. Um, I find it too bad. I think that they kind of make them a little glitzy. And some women really want the watch to be more, you know, uh, or just different and maybe resemble one of the models that are made for the men. And I just don't find that they uh, offer them. They're just like, no, if you're a woman, you should like it like this, all bezeled out, iced out. And sometimes they're like, I don't want that. I don't want that champagne dial. I agree. You know, I agree. Those are very flashy. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into, I think, to me, uh, one of the the nicest... uh, I don't say surprises, but uh, uh, one of the the, the 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 more interesting releases, Tudor. Tudor had a, a pretty good show, I think, and uh, what we saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, let's start. The Tudor Daytona came out. Uh, we, they came <laughs> out with two, uh, the two new Black Bay Chrono, the 7936ON with panda dials and black bezels. Uh, so let's start with you, Dimitri. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you thought about this new release? Gorgeous. In one word. Mm. Awesome. Uh, uh, I really like the uh, GMT. It's, it's it's the GMT Chrono, right? Sorry, not the GMT. The Black Bay Chrono, right? 
uh, line. Yes. So yeah. before that, I think they had the two-toned gold and black, uh, which they had a they had a black one, but it had black registers and yeah. it had a um, steel bezel, which you don't like, like you were saying. So now they contrasted it. Panda and uh, a, a colored bezel now. So yeah, I, I really like those this color scheme. I think it's awesome. Uh, and you get so much watch for this price, right? Uh, this one now has uh, uh, screw down pushers as well. So you get 200 meter water resistance. I think the biggest problem for me with those watches before, and this is a similar case with the uh, Black Bay GMT, is that those watches were super thick. This one is a, a little slimmer. So I think it was like 15 point something millimeters. You know, it's a, it's a chunker. I don't know how it compares to your uh, Club Monaco. Uh, <laughs> Club Monaco. Club yeah. Monaco, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, tag Monaco. Uh, my yeah. brain is fried. It's it's not a Saturday, right? Uh, <laughs> we're recording midweek. I, I finished yeah. working. I, I had a quick supper and now I'm working again. <laughs> you, you had supper? <laughs> supper? You guys eat? Uh, and this one is 14.4, 41 millimeter. So it's a, it's a very, very sizable, like good size watch. Uh, not uh, too much of a chunker. I think uh, it will be very versatile. It will fit nicely under your cuff. And uh, in terms of like the, the the color choices and the bracelet choices, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you can have uh, with like a leather uh, fancy leather strap in there. Boon well. strap. Boon strap. So yeah. <laughs> Boon. Yeah. Uh, I, I am not sure exactly what the rest of the specs are, but I'm completely sold on this watch, right? And it's 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 it's, it's a f- super versatile chrono. It's like a Daytona for real. So yeah, that's my. I mean, it is yeah. a, it is a Daytona. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the yeah. Daytona you can get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not it's, the one you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll be su- I won't be surprised if this one will be super unavailable also, like the like the popular big base. It's it's a diff it's different enough that it's not the Daytona though. Yeah. No, I you know I'm Zenith Zenith could have done something closer to this and they didn't, right? Hmm. What do you think, Carl? I'll get, I'll um, so opinion. Dima said in uh, one word, gorgeous. I'm going to say two words. Paul Newman? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like Dima said, I'll be on this side again. Uh, I'm a big Tudor fan. I love their chronos in general. They were really thick. That was a big thing. And when I saw that they um, went down from 15 point something to 14 point something, <laughs> like one millimeter down, my first thing, my first thing was like, wow, they listen to people? <laughs> 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 uh, because I remember the other one. Every every article I was reading about the uh, original uh, release of the Chrono, it was it's a thick watch. Everyone was saying that, right? Uh, and even me when I was trying it at the AD, and uh, even you guys, uh, it's a thick watch. And it was like they changed it, so it's like I felt like they listened. They probably didn't, but I can dream. Uh, <laughs> beside that, the last version wasn't 200 meter resist- water resistant, so it's a big uh, plus going in the right direction. And I do love the um, I do love a red. Uh, Tagging on the dial when right. they have some specification, like the uh, uh, left hand uh, left hand pelagos, the red pelagos. Always, I, I just find it nice. I always find it's a neat touch, like nice touch. The, yeah, yeah, and it's not overdone by any brand right now. Like all the brands, some of them does it, and I, I think it, that's maybe what make it nice that they don't all do the red marking. Just uh, one quick comment. Yeah. Uh, so you said two words. I said one word. You said two words, and I was just browsing, uh, uh, you know, like a news article, and I see those comments, uh, comment section at the bottom. And the first comment, and I think it's another way to will describe this watch is, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, I think um, so. To me, I think the first thing is this is the chronograph that people have been waiting for from Tudor. Um, like I, I mentioned this in in podcasts of past. My only trouble is that it's a little cumbersome because it is in their 
their dive line. It's a black bay. It's not. It's still part of their dive line, and I think that that that's one thing that's problematic. I love that they went down in the thickness. To be honest, it didn't bother me. The red. I know that you say Dayton. Do you say Paul Newman? But if you look at old uh, chronographs from Tudor. Uh, decades back, they had what was called their tiger chronograph, and the, the word tiger was written in red. I think it's 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 a good nod to what uh, uh, Tudor's um, uh, placing here. I love the movement that's in it. It's that B nine. Uh, it's from. Um it's what they brought in from Breitling, their B one chronograph, and then they modified it enough. They bought the patent to make it their their manufacturer calibre. The the two the th- I'm can't wait to see in person. There's three things I had as an issue watch. from the last chronograph, and I feel that this one has the same three issues, which we'll see. The first one is I find it cumbersome when you unscrew these crowns uh, to press. The, sorry, the pressers. You're going to see it screwed down. When you unscrew them to depress and press it, there's apparently a small gap in between the presser and the uh, case w- because it's angled. It's it's like it's a little bit awkward off the case, so I want to see if they fix that. You'd have to unscrew them to see. The second thing, which I hate, 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 that Tudor's done for even the Black Bay Fifty Eight, I hate the fake rivets on the bracelet. So the rivets are those little like bumps that they kind of put. It makes it seem like it's been welded and it's riveted in. It's a fake rivet. Right. I yeah. don't like that. Yeah. I never liked it. I don't know why they've done it on the Black Bay Fifty Eight. They did the same thing. I don't like that. So that's a one that they didn't take that away from this one. <laughs> But I love, like you, Dimitri, the fact that they had a bezel color that's different. I love that they went panda eyes, dark eyes. Um, and I think it, do- it doesn't look like the Daytona. That's what I love about it. I even love that silver and gold, the one that came out a couple years yeah. back. I think this is great. Great capitalization on it. And the last thing, they did not go with a vintage look, which I'm happy. I'm sick of vintage. I hate that everyone's going vintage. Tudor went with something modern. And uh, I think it's a really good win for me. Very good. Agreed. Any Agreed. last comments on this one before we move on to the to the next uh, Tudor release? I was just going to make a joke about <laughs> you saying that there's an old vintage Tudor that had the uh, red uh, font on it. Yeah, because it was copied Tiger. from Tiger. another vintage Rolex that also had the red font on it. I know, I okay, know, but they okay, didn't take news, it. They, next news, next news. <laughs> the Tiger next took it from the other one. <laughs> so let's jump right into, um, guys, their best line. Obviously, we say Black Bay as a diver, but the Black Bay 58 was probably the, uh, I think we said it was the, the most popular watch of 2020. The Or when it came out, the blue one, it was the the killer. It, it dominated all the newscasts, it dominated everything. They came out again with the new Black Bays. Uh, a new Black Bay, call it the Silver Bullet, whatever you want to call it. Um, so the, the, the thing I've been noticing even for myself, uh, the first thing I was like, ah, you put a diver, why are you putting a leather strap? The first thing is that Leather straps on divers are good on vintage pieces, and they're good when things want to look like vintage. The Black Bay 58, by no, by all means, guys, uh, listeners out there, it's meant to feel and look like vintage. And I think Tudor has hit the nail on the head. Not only were they onto something generating the Black Bay 58 in guilt, which I don't like guilt. They came out with that beautiful um, blue one last year that killed everything, made it feel like that sub, the old Submariners, the Tudor Submariners. Uh, but... They brought it down in size, and now they came out with the Tudor Black Bay 58925. Comes on two straps, leather, fabric, silver buckle, priced at a little over $4,000. you are paying $925 more than the other existing Tudors. But why? You are now getting uh, a watch that the case is actually composed of silver. Um, this watch by the renderings, looks 
incredible. It looks really, really cool. It looks great. Anyway, I I could not say anything better about this. I thought they were going to just come out with a green BB-58. Yeah. But coming out, putting silver in the case... They, I think it's, a, it's they knock it out of the park. I, I they really knock it out of the park. I, I love this watch. I think I'm going to go ahead and say that this is my favorite BB-58. Oh, yeah. Color, the color That's scheme good. is just fantastic. I, I can't even describe it. This is not really a gray. It's like a grayish brown. I mean, somebody who's super no, knowledgeable about like naming yeah. colors or different shades of colors probably will be able to tell me exactly what it is. But... Anthracite? Uh, um, That's what Anthracite is what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like uh, a, ex- excellent. And is l- it, uh, I think they're going for dress... Dress diver here because exhibition case back instead of a of a closed case back, and you're going with silver in the case. You're making it subdued. Like you put this watch on, even a croco straps. Be honest, you could wear that with a suit. It looks so subdued. It doesn't look flashy and sporty. It looks refined and polished. Yeah, and I think Tudor could have gone the other way. I love this watch. The original brown leather strap is. It looks fantastic as well. I find. It uh, looks incredible. One more thing I was going to add. Is that me or it's unusual for the BB-58 to have an exhibition case back? Yeah, it's new. They put in an exhibition case back. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. That's why I'm saying it looks like a dress diver. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this is this is definitely my favorite one. I like the blue one, I think, second. But this one is... Uh... Tudor could have just used another stainless steel watch or whatever it is. They created a new alloy for this. A silver alloy for their BB-58 to capitalize and make it that. And again, I think this speaks to what I said about the Explorer 1. No, no, no. Forget dress watches. Forget uh, what it is. Let's create you a silver, dressy-looking sports watch that you can wear with a suit instead of buying a dress watch. That's what I'm hearing when I'm looking at this. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally Carl, sold. what do you think? Um, like you guys, I, I do like the color scheme. I like what they did with it. Um, and I Taupe. do I do appreciate that they um, went ahead their own own um alloy for uh that watch right it just showed that i really um they love the bb58 the fact that they have an open case back is like hey look at her movement like they're uh they're proud of what they're offering on this one right for me like this one is it's like sweating proudness right pissing excellence that's pretty much what that watch uh represents for me for today right now at least you guys have been shopping you're shopping you guys know watches can you tell me a watch for the same price or less, $4,300, that gives you a diver, a reputable brand, uh, the water resistance have, a precious metal, a silver alloy case, 38 millimeters, uh, well, not the size, but that gives you that dress style, 70-hour power reserve in a 38 millimeter case, COSC certified. Yeah, can, no. can you give me well uh, you kind of have to stay within uh, Rolex and Tudor to get a COSC certification but at that price what I'm saying at 4,000 bucks is there anything better than this out there I, I just don't know um, is it very is tough no, is Nomo suffering something that could be close to it you can get an no, Omega Speedmaster for that price uh, a lot of different Seamasters N- yes you're right yeah. uh, well C-ma- yeah, a Seamaster would probably go at the same price but then the Seamaster you're right it's it's but I don't think it's offering the same refinement that the Tudor is offering here because the the Seamaster is a dive watch. Well, they have different. Uh, ones, I don't right? think it's as as as. No, you're right. The new Seamasters they're a little bit more vintage feel and re- yeah, they're, they're it's true. I, I think that the Seamaster is right up there. Right. And Omega does have probably a better branding than Tudor. Like the Seamaster three hundreds, like the vintage looking ones, right? They specifically make him look dressy. Even the one that just came out uh, yeah. uh, like last week. Uh, they, yeah. they'll get the Meta certification. The only thing is that you won't get the silver alloy, right? I'm not sure how much of that is really right. like a, 
is it a precious metal really a silver alloy uh, it's better than probably than i don't know steel, but, it's, but, but it's not steel yeah exactly and it's harder to work it's it's just it's just you have a, a silver watch it's and it's and and there's a different luster to it and i like what they put it look it, they could have just come out with a green black bay 58 close case back just another one you know what i mean yeah 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 true but but it's that he kind of did and it would have been a hit what <laughs> I was like, but they kind of did yeah they let's did. talk about that next <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that next where they they well let's go to it so now they came back they gave us uh, a black bay 58 precious metal 18 carat uh gold i think it's 18 carat or 14 carat i think it's 18 carat gold with a uh green very green that pops dial uh, Black Bay 58. So I think that feeds again what I was saying that let's go ahead and make a precious metal diver sports watch instead of uh, a, a dress watch. So uh, maybe you could start with this one, Dimitri. What's your what's your your view on the Tudor Black Bay 58 18 carat? Now, the golden shield is one of the... Um, two things. Uh, again, the green, the green for me is a hit and miss, right? Like I, I love the green on the Nautilus. Uh, this one does not really stand out to me. Maybe it's because it's a combination of a gold with a gold case. But the other thing is that because of the gold case, this is a $20,000 watch. I'm not sure if I want to pay but it's a 20000 for a, for a Tudor BB58. That's all it it's is. It's hard to find it. I don't know if you could find, tell me an 18 karat gold watch at under 20000 bucks. Well, uh, from one of these big brands. It's tough. Like I mentioned earlier, right? The, I, for me, using precious metals is not a selling point for a watch. I don't like it when that happens because you pay for the metal, True. not for the watch. And I, I kind of want. Uh, that's that's the reason why I don't like it as much. I like the the one that we just discussed, but this one I like less just because you don't get more watch. You just get a more expensive metal. That's kind right. of my stance. Right. No. Yeah, but some people might see it. Uh, some people might see it's it a that solid way. But you know, I think right? we had that grand. Yeah. We had that uh, Grand Seiko a few weeks back or a couple, uh, maybe a month back that was like a 20K, but it was like a solid gold Grand Seiko uh, GMT that was like, remember we're like, this is for the guy who has multiple Grand Seikos in his collection. I think the same for this. This is someone who loves Tudor, Tudor Holic like Carl, who says, I have Tudors, but I go, I need a gold watch for my collection. I want it to pop. That's the Tudor I want to get, you know? And That's how I look at it. And one more thing, I... So this gold, this gold case is is matte, right? It's it's brushed. It's not polished. I'm not sold right. either. I'm looking at it from different angles because there's no reflection. I like when it's gold. I like when it's blingy when it's gold. But this one is matte gold. It's a little different. Right. It's original for sure. Uh, but I'm I'm not hundred percent sold on it. So, yeah, Carl, what do you think? What about you, Carl? Um, I had two notes when I was uh, doing uh, my uh, looking and writing for that episode. I just felt they're riding the 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 cool wave with that green setup and yeah it's not a tutor anymore at that price it's not a tutor it's not a tutor it's like not I, a tutor yeah the I reason saying, the yeah. reason i love tutor it's because it's kind of affordable for what it is right, right? and i yeah, know it's yeah, kind exactly. of affordable for that metal in that range it's like you just said it's kind of find me another one under twenty thousand dollars i'm a tutorolic right i really love that brand um i wouldn't buy it um it's not for me maybe just because i'm not big on precious metal but for me now it's outside of the realms of tudor it's not what the at least for for me what the brands stand for in the market their place in the market are they trying to push and punch above their weight here is that what they're trying to do with open case back once again it's like new with this one and the silver bullet i don't know for me it's it's outside of the tudor realm so it's 
I don't like it. I, I wouldn't buy it and I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. To me, I think that it's uh it's fun that they step out of their comfort zone. And I like that they try things. I don't I don't like the color scheme. And maybe gold, maybe if they made one in bronze, like Oris has been coming out with those full bronze watches. What if Tudor tried something with bronze? It might be a lot more fun, more warm. Uh, my Oris has a, I have an orange, uh, an Oris that's bronze. Could work really well with uh, with with that brown dial that we just saw. Imagine with a bronze case, that might be killer. Um, but um, you're right. Yeah, maybe it's not for the the Tudor market at uh, at that uh, at that price. Absolutely. Um, but I think it, it it first thing I saw when I when I, I thought when I saw it was, gosh, didn't I just see a Mont Blanc that was released that looked just like that? That's the first thing I thought, and I was like, yeah, it's uh, no, not the color scheme I like with the green and gold, not my thing. Yeah, so I agree with you guys on that one. Uh, good on them for trying though. So that kind of closes up the list that we had for Tudor, and then uh, which were the big releases for the for the really uh, what we were discussing. So. I think we just have a little bit more time. Why don't we just go through some of the... Let's do a round table. We can choose about... Choose maybe what we want to talk about as another release. And then let's quickly just do a... What was my favorite release? What was my least favorite release? And maybe if there's any last words or closing or surprises from the from the, from the, um, the watch and wonders that we've learned so far. Sounds good, yeah. So why don't we go around? Why don't you start? Why don't you start, Carl? Why don't you tell us about uh, a release you want to discuss? The release I want to discuss, we didn't talk about it, so it's an, another one. Um, it's uh, Cartier, a brand that I never really uh, loved or crushed on. I know uh, you, Kevin, you're big on Cartier, uh, but big. the um, colorful tanks, right? Yeah. The blue, the, the green, must, and the, the burgundy, right? The new um, must collection, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's really different. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And uh, that's like kind of refreshing as well from Cartier. Uh, maybe there's because I don't know the brand as well, right? I never really read into it and it never popped out to me. Uh, but those three colors, uh, I feel like they're really Cartier. They're really the style of it. And then with this like small ballon bleu on the side as well, on the, on the yeah. crown. Um, I don't know. It just, um, it popped out to me. I was like, wow. And there was a really like nice matte color as well. Right, they fit. so must from Cartier. They resemble a line that came out in the eighties, the must line, yes. and uh, and it really, it really, it really feeds uh, feeds that look. The one thing is also what the must line brings is that it's affordable. These watches are quartz powered. They become. I think Cartier took a step back from horology, and I think this is more of a a fashion statement. This is the first thing I saw. It's like they came out with some quartz, some colors, some fun. Uh, the horology didn't go quite around it. I think yeah. it was fun because I think they in Cartier in the last few years has been making big jump in Cartier Drive in-house high horology, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that this is a good step back. Say, but we're also a fashion brand. We're a fashion house. Look at what we can do and make yeah. some really nice designer watches. So my my take on it, and I, it's like there's no stats behind that. It's a personal opinion. I think as well doing that is maybe to bring a younger audience to their brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe their uh, demographic right now is kind of dying with Cartier. <laughs> I don't know. It's maybe an older gentleman watch, at least most of them, right? I'm looking at you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, no, like it's the first Cartier that really pops out to me. So I just feel that um, they try something to bring new people in as well, as it's a used right. to be from the 80s, uh, the must line. Um, but it's 40 years ago, right? So. <laughs> Uh, people don't remember that that far. At least I don't. Yeah, that's true. That's oh yeah. <laughs> what do you think, the Dimitris? I I like their designs, right? In general, I'm a big fan of Cartier, so this is not a you know it's not a surprise for me. Uh, I, I I used to like them before, and I continue. I I like those new designs. I uh, 
I'm more of in general like I, I prefer more of a um, uh, mechanisms, let's say, rather than designs specifically. So uh, I don't like lean too much towards just the design piece, rather than I like the the new you know mechanisms. Uh, the I'm more I'm more function than form, right? But not utilitarian. So as much as as much as I like Cartier, maybe I'm not as excited. Let's say, like, if if I didn't like Cartier before, I would probably not this 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 new piece probably wouldn't have turned me into a Cartier uh, a lover. Uh, but I like them from from previously. I like the the Santos. I like the Pasha. Yeah. So I I don't have my yeah, as and many that came out just recently. Yeah. About this, yeah. To me, um, I like what they did here. I'm like when your boat, uh, Carl, when you said that, I think. It did what it what exactly what it meant to do with someone like you who doesn't really jump out to this jumped out to you. Uh, what I liked about it as well is Cartier. It still looks like a Cartier. If you look at the Hermès, we talked about the problem with Hermès is that they're still also trying to find their identity. Cartiers have different designs, but they all look like Cartiers, and achieving that is difficult to do. You know what I mean? To even right. be able to say they're all different designs because but that's a Cartier because of the numerals, the form, the the gibuchon bleu. The, all these things are like that's Cartier, that's Cartier. And this is able to come out something fun, designer and all that and still say it's still Cartier. Yeah. And um, so good on them. I thought that was good. Pas plus que ça. Yeah, very good, very good uh, interest uh, pick there, uh, Carl. Moving on to you, Dimitri. What about you? Did you have a, a the release you wanted to discuss? Um, you know what? Like since sure. it wasn't mentioned uh, yet, uh, I'll, I'll go for it because it's you know it's it's the brand that's uh, you know very close to me that I don't own. It's the GLC made uh, a new reverso, which is a Grand Complication. It's it's yeah. it's 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 kind of like uh, I'm thinking about it like it's like a it's like a Bugatti Veyron, but it's as a or this is a watch, right? It's a fuck you watch. So hey, look at look at yeah. what we can do in such a, a small case, and this is what they did. And this watch, it's a reverso, a classic shape, right, with the flippable uh, uh, face. Case. But every yeah. single face has a complication on it. Every single side, so you, yes. you 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 get four sides overall, and every single one of them has a complication. I, yeah. I the case has a complication itself. I, I I will go quickly through it. There's a tourbillon. It's a minute repeater. It's a perpetual calendar, and there's moon phases on it. And moon phases, you have the north moon phase and south moon hemisphere moon phase as well. And you you have the southern hemisphere on the back case. Then you have the north on the front case, and you have the tourbillon, the perpetual uh, calendar, and the minute repeater in the main right in the main box case so that watch is other than that it's a standard uh glc uh, reverse or shape it one thing i i thought was interesting is that the date the date i think the date complication on the inside of the main on the on the flippable flipped side of the case is a digital date i'm not sure how they implemented it but it's i found that it's a very cool that watch is just another way of you know showing what this company is capable of in terms of you know producing ridiculous complications in a small package, and the price uh, is uh, is hefty. Let's say it's one point three one point three five million. I think infinite. Yeah, I think they made like ten, right? Yeah, it's limited to ten pieces, like 10 and it's yeah. a it's a museum piece, and I, I like it because obviously it's not something that you know anybody will ever purchase, but it's just it's just to show. That you know, that's why we're called GLC, right? What about you, uh, Carl? What do you think about the GLC? Um, I think it's nice just for people that are listening. Uh, for what you guys call the case, I would call like the case the section you flip and the frame as well, who's holding the case as complication right. into it, yeah. Um, so there's that's like right. four faces, right? Um, it's I love the reverso, that's a watch that grew on me with my uh watch enthusiasm. 
um, but that's like an insane piece. It's cool to look at, <laughs> and and um, it's different because it's a reversal. So like, there's that many watches that can have that type of application with like a moving case as well. It's it's out there. Like it, it's like a, like yeah. Dimitri said, it's a it's a Bugatti, right? You might see one in your life at some point if you're lucky, and you go, wow, that's crazy, and you continue on your day. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's it's so out there that uh, like I'm, it doesn't touch me anymore. I think. Right. To me, uh, I'm going to to, to say I I like this watch. I think it was a fun show. Let's show you what we can do. Show you what kind of horology we can do. Um, I will say overall, though, Jaje uh, Lecout has been to me the biggest disappointment of the year for the watches and wonders. And they're a darling. Everyone loves Jaje Lecout. I have to admit, the last few years, I've been a little disappointed with what they're doing. Uh, I don't like, for example, the new uh, Polaris. I think that uh, stopping the sector dial uh, master controllers that they came out with, I think that some of their... Um, it's like a volcano, watches It's dormant, but uh, they, will, they will bring it back. But And this... And you want to know why I'm disappointed? And this we're talking about, hey, it was the Explorer 2's anniversary. It's the it's the Reverso's 90th anniversary. And they didn't come out with anything. They came out with this museum piece, which is incredible. But it's not f for the folks. It's not for the people, right? It's to look at. And then they came out with a petit aiguille. They came out with a nice small, uh, the small um, uh, hand uh, versions of the Reverso. They went with green because that's what everyone's doing, it seems. Um, but I wish I'd seen more. I was expecting more. And maybe I hype myself up too much. But for 90 years, I'm like, you guys can give us something? Yes, we'll give you this crazy thing that no one's ever <laughs> that they're going to make 10 of. Here's like, a rocket ship. But what about everyone who wants, but everyone who wants a, a damn uh, reverso? So I, I have to say, I just I, maybe I set the bar too high. I was expecting a little bit more from Jaja Lecoute, this uh, watch and wonder. And maybe we'll see something in the next few days. Maybe later you know, maybe in the year. will come out digitally. Maybe, maybe. May you know what? Maybe they'll wait for their own time. And Jaja Lecoute has always done their own thing kind of thing. But that was one thing. I think maybe I expected more. And when you see other brands come out with, with crazy stuff, because even Mont Blanc, I think they also took, they had, they had a crazy complication they came out with for like $300,000, this really impressive stuff from High Horology. They still managed to come out with some releases, right? That were, that were for the people. And Jaeger Lecoute kind of missed the, the, mark, the chance with the 90th anniversary of the reversal. So that kind of left me a little disappointed from that, to be honest. I think you have a point. So guys, that was... Yeah, I, I let, and I think... Um, and maybe I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my pick now that it's, it's my turn. And I'll also say it was probably my favorite watch of uh, the uh, Watch and Wonders, uh, IWC Big Pilot. That's to come back in a 43-millimeter case. <laughs> now... <laughs> This is wonderful. And everyone who had the pilot's watches before, the chronos, even the one I was shot before, loved the dial, everything, but everyone wanted that onion crown. Like Dimitri always says, oh, that onion crown of the big pilot. How can I wear that every day? We've said that on past podcasts. And these guys come out. They don't give you the power reserve. But they give you a 43 millimeter onion crown, perfect dial, just like the big pilot. With a, a 300, I I think it was the, for me, it was my favorite watch of the release. Even though I don't think it was the best one, but it's my favorite. And it was the most surprised. I did not expect this at all. 
Zero from my WC expecting this. I am so happy with this release. Expecting another <laughs> Portuguese, another Portofino. I love, 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 love the new Big Pilot 43 millimeters. And uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure you guys will agree, hopefully. So what do you think, Carl? Yes. Why I wouldn't say anything other than <laughs> yes. Um, I, I kind of like... Like you said, I wasn't expecting that at all. So it's a like um, happily surprised. Like ooh, yes. Ooh, um, but yeah. I, I think I do love also the power reserve indicator because it's such a beast of a move, movement, right? It's kind of a presenting thing of right. the powerful movement you have in your watch. So I don't know if it's something they're probably gonna do later on, like on for that case size, or I don't I don't know. And yeah. I, I, I don't engineers or watches, so I, I wouldn't know. But like okay now that's cool i was like yes right direction people buy it so they know that we love that next step put back the power reserve yeah great um what about you dimitri i agree with you it's easily my favorite watch from the from the releases it's uh it's i am i'm a huge huge fan of the big pilot and i i just sent you guys a picture huge in the huge I just sent you guys a picture in the in the chat right uh, they kind of even took a picture with somebody wearing a suit and a shirt Fuck! It looks like you can do that. You can actually pull it off. It uh, it works. Every every time we said, "I love the big pilot." It's a fuck you watch. It's just too big. I can't wear it all day today. It's the most elegant of all the fleegers. Okay, here let's you go. Make it wearable. <laughs> Where did <laughs> like, listen to our podcast? <laughs> is is there <laughs> sponsor us? Sponsor if us. If you're listening please. right now, sponsor us. <laughs> but just one more comment I would make is that you know how. <clears throat> Uh, the IWC watches are known to have very, very long logs and not to have a very good fit. This is something that we need to test out. It looks nice on the picture, but oh, yeah, you gotta absolutely. you gotta see if it wears well. Yeah. The lug the lug, how flat it's gonna be, yeah. Because even that big pilot at forty six, it it sits well, but like you said, it's just too big for a shirt cuff. This is forty three. This is as big as the uh, Omega Seamaster that's a forty two, I think. Man. Like it's right there. It's it's Incredible! I'm, 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 I'm just. This is the most beautiful <laughs> pilot watch outside of the big pilot that, that, that I've seen. Like seriously, easily, and yes, wins if right you away. Can and I, I, if I weren't wearing it every day, and uh, or if I didn't have to go to work, it's so like yeah, I get myself a big pilot, and also the fun, the money. But isn't this? Oh the yeah, it's half the price. To right, that? it's half the price that I go big pilot. It's like eighty three hundred uh, US dollars versus yeah. like uh, oh, twelve or thirteen want- or something. You want a proper pilot's watch, or you want this big pilot to wear? This is, this is great. This is just wonderful. And you could expect it another Portuguese or another thing, and they fucking touched the big pilot. I'm so happy. I think this is a a, a definite win, and uh, it's for everyone who loved the big pilot and watches, but but just didn't get one. Yeah, but you know what? I would have like I was looking at the Mark 18. When I was trying it on and looking at it, and the, even the Pilot Chrono, because I'm like, I love this dial. I love the Flieger. Gosh, I wish I could get one with the big onion crown. Oh, yeah. Got one that was proper, sterile sterile dial. And now you got it. Yeah, all right. And, and you know what? We were talking about uh, Fliegers, uh, about the Fliegers recently, right? Like, you you have the Laco, you have the Stoa. I think that for me, the choice between those came down to which one of them has a better a better looking crown. And I think that was the Laco uh, uh, Sarbrücken yeah. and or the other yeah. one, but uh, this one the has Western. a nicer case that that doesn't have the chunker case like the other uh, uh, Fliegers. But this one is is ah, it's so beautiful and that blue, oh, oh that blue, oh. <laughs> and the the last thing I'll say is it's it's still not brought down like Stova does that. Nashtova, even like Laco does that. They have 39 millimeter fliegers, right? And you look at them and you say, it's too small. A flieger wouldn't wear that. But this is big enough. 
that it's like on your wrist and you're like, yeah, that's a that's a Flieger watch at 43. 46 is just too big because you're not actually flying a plane. But this is good. This is a perfect Flieger size. I love this watch. Love it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm actually so adding good. it to my list. This is... Uh, it's on the list. It's, it's, <laughs> and we'll see, guys. We might have a surprise for you. Uh, listeners out there, Dimitri and I might become watch buddies because we both have our eyes on something special. You'll see uh, the coming podcast. <laughs> watch buddies. Uh, that's a, So you guys ready to wind this down? Yeah. Yes. I think that's enough. There you go. If you like this podcast, guys, uh, please follow us, Big Black Clock Official, on our Instagram account. Email us at bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. You can email... Carl Money, since he just bought his new Rolex. And you can email Dimitri at GMT Master 2. Or now it seems an IWC Big Pilot 43 millimeter. And, uh, you know, just send us all your comments. Tell us which watches you liked, which ones you'd like us to talk about. There were so many more. Tag had a good year. Balgri, again, is killing it in the high horology. We saw some great releases there. Uh, so uh, if you have anything you wanted us to, to share with us, please send it our way. We'd be happy to look at them. And uh, for all you, you know, perpetual shoppers out there like myself, uh, stay safe, be good to each other, and happy hunting. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.